Welcome back, everybody, to another Eat Speed podcast, the most delicious podcast of the Metroplex. I'm Bud Kennedy. And Steve Wilson. We are in the Worthington today. I've been in the Worthington hundreds of times over the last 38 years that it's been open, but I have never seen the Worthington like it looks today or like it's about to change. And that's why our guest is Jason Harper, the chef at Toro Toro, which is about to open in the lobby of the Worthington Jason, say hello, and what have you done with the Worthington? Tell us what's go- – tell us – I'm going to open just with a real basic question. Tell us what's going on. Sure, absolutely. Um, it's been quite a whirlwind, and thank you for having me. Uh, it's good to be here. Um, so it's amazing. Uh, less than a month ago, uh, I was running a restaurant, uh, Trio New American Cuisine, out in uh, Colleyville uh, for the last 10 years. And uh, I was sought out um, by the Richard Sandoval Restaurant Group. And how did the, how did he contact you? Did he call you up at Trio and say, "Hey, come down"? I mean, what how this happened? Yeah, actually, um, so I've done a little consulting work on the side uh, over the last couple of years with some other restaurant projects, and there was a restaurant uh, that was uh, going in at Beltline and the Tollway out in Dallas, and their PR company, um, Endicott PR Company, they. Um, I worked with them during the consultation and while I was doing menu development, and um, evidently they represent uh, Richard Sandoval as well. Well, go ahead and name names. Who did whose menus did you work on that we don't know? Uh, it's a restaurant called Sidecar Social. Uh, okay. It's by the Boomer Jacks Restaurant Groups. Okay. Uh, so they were putting together something a little more high end, and they wanted to uh, take a step above uh, what they'd been doing at Boomer Jacks. So, uh, so that's what I was doing with and those guys. They said, "Hey, come down. We're going to put you in this big fancy steakhouse downtown." Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Jason, I mean, this is. I mean, you've been around Fort Worth for, and, and I know you from Trio. And Trio was around 10, 12 years. Uh, ten years this past March. Ten years, yes. a great success, and really important to people in Colleyville, North Richland Hills, in that area. You won a lot of chef contests. I mean, you you've been around doing all this, and, and you know, but and this is a new twist for you and I, I didn't think I'd wind up seeing you in a in a uh, Latin churrascaria kind of a restaurant well first thing I, I would say is uh, the churrascaria is um, that was one of my first questions too when they approached me and I said Wait, you're not gonna have to wear a gaucho outfit not at all it is not a churrascaria at all um, in fact there's no radizio uh, style uh, carving at the table um, and that was one of my first questions because I said well the Worthington's right behind uh, isn't there a Tex de Brazil right behind the Worthington? And they said, well, let, let me talk to you a little bit more. Um, so I'm a kind of guy who um, I'm really proud of, of what I serve and I wanna be proud of what I'm serving um, and also that the creative nature of what I do. So I did a lot of research and I, I prodded them with probably as many questions as they prodded me with uh, for the position. And um, what I learned about Toro Toro is um, the style of what they do is uh, small plates, Latin tapas style, um, and with a global international twist, which is fantastic. And then there's an awesome steakhouse piece to it as well, um, which one of the coolest things I think is the big uh, Santa Maria style. It's a $70,000 grill that is at the end of the bar. That's separate from the kitchen altogether. It is the showpiece of the entire restaurant, and it's a big wood-burning grill that people can sit around and see what's going on, and that's where the steakhouse a la carte piece comes into play. You know, I peeked behind the curtain downstairs and saw some of this. It really does look like a great space. This is, I mean, it's really incredible for people who have been to the Worthington, and you see that, that, uh, that uh, kind of kind of blank wall that's always been turned to Main Street, and they've turned it into the big 
uh, dining space and glass windows and they've spared no expense mm-hmm. and i think what i've noticed that that is uh really impressive is they completely blew out the wall uh, and made this beautiful lounge so when people walk into the reception desk um, the bar in the restaurant are right there it's it's all one so it flows very freely together and there's not a separation of a restaurant uh, to the hotel yeah the world can always turn this cold blank wall to main street into the people and now they look very welcome and i've want to hear more about that grill <laughs> so that's like an Steve open, would like one for him yeah yes that's an open that's an open grill it, so it, it, so yes. you're going to walk in you're going to smell that right absolutely absolutely <laughs> uh, ventilation uh in the middle of the restaurant with the high high ceilings that's uh-huh. been challenging to uh for the engineers i'm sure to uh, work <laughs> on that um but yeah you'll be able to smell it um you know get some good mesquite wood in mm-hmm. there burning um i love love wood burning grills mm-hmm. i just uh, I love getting getting back to that raw nature of of cooking and doing it in a nice, elegant uh, mm-hmm. restaurant is is super fun. Um, so yeah, it's so it's got the cranks, the big wheel cranks on both sides, mm-hmm. which is kind of that Santa Maria style. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll elevate, so you can change the elevation of the grill grates themselves, um, and actually smack in the middle for the first time. I think at any Toro uh, that they've ever done, they constructed it to have a smoke box uh-huh. dead center that lets those coals kind of rise up. So as big steaks are finishing their finishing in this smoke box, which is constantly being exposed to more smoke as it's going. And don't think of it so much as a as like a barbecue smoker where you put brisket in there for long, long periods of time, but as kind of a holding, slowly heating up smoke box. So that's very cool. And it's right in the middle. Um, it's pretty big. <laughs> and you said grill. there's seating around that too. Is yes. that like a special seating? You have to make arrangements for that? No, uh, not at first. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what a hot <laughs> ticket it is. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be a hot ticket. Uh-huh. But yeah, right no, now, thought, no, it's thought, just I would like to see some grill action. <laughs> this is uh, well. This is in context. This is the if people know that wood burning grill at H three Ranch in the stockyards, mm-hmm. which is very popular, in which both the smell of it and the view of it make H three a real destination. People right. love going there. This is like a supersized version. Of Absolutely. That. And it's funny. I was talking with the engineer, and and he was saying, "Oh, this grill's not." They're telling us this grill isn't going to create a lot of smoke underneath underneath the vent. Uh-huh. And I said, "You know what? I'm." If I have anything to do with it, and guess what I do, it's going to create a lot <laughs> yeah. of smoke, and I want it to. And I, I don't want it all to go into the vent. I want some of it to uh-huh. billow out so it just yeah. kind of disperses throughout. Not too much, well, but it. just enough to disperse out into the dining room. Um, and I love that. And the best mm-hmm. way to do that is a lot of heavy basting with butter. So well-seasoned. You know, the way I cook with steaks and, and the way I've always learned is you, you season heavily. You mm-hmm. marinate with aromatics. You season heavily with the good house seasoning, garlic salt made from scratch. But you over-season a little bit so that you have butter close by and you're doing some basting. And so basting does two things. It just it keeps that flavor, it keeps it nice and moist and tender, but basting also uh, creates a little bit more smoke. Mm-hmm. Well, so. you could be pumping some of that smoke towards Sundance Square, you know. Yeah. <laughs> get people I'll, let, I'll let John smell it across the street. and just <laughs> But not toward going. the apartments. They'll come on. <laughs> right. The, uh, the, um, now, no. But you've touched on a couple of things that are going to be identity problems. I brought up the Churrascaria in Texas de Brazil because people are going to think when you hear Latin Steakhouse, that's what they think of. Right. You're going to have to figure out how to explain that in a different way. And then, boy, I tell you, the last time somebody tried to open a tapas restaurant in Fort Worth, word got around that it was a topless restaurant, and it didn't last very long. <laughs> so you're really up against a couple of, of uh, branding problems. I agree. And, um, you know, when I hear the word tapas uh, these days, I th- it's, it's used so loosely. Um, and I think 
it really just means small plates. It doesn't necessarily even mean that it's Spanish food. Um, so when it's kind of a, a Latin global small plate uh, style restaurant, which has the steakhouse piece as well. Um, and I think what what I envision about it, uh, you know, one of my favorite restaurants to eat at in, is in Dallas. It's uh, called Uchi. This right. is a little off the subject, right? But when you eat at Uchi, you can get, you can order 12, 13 small plates. And you look at it and you're like, man, it's so reasonably priced. It's great. And then you walk out and you realize you just ordered 12 or 13 dishes. And <laughs> mm-hmm. it's amazing. And I love it. So it's going to be kind of the same approach with a bunch of small plates. What's <clears> the big steak? Because that's what people are going to look for. What's the big steak? Big tomahawk. Big tomahawk. Oh, yeah. We've so got it's the big, there. Oh, yeah. It's there. Okay. Um, so we do have some really cool South American uh, flair twists in there as well. We're going to be sourcing through 44 Farms. We're talking with the guys at A Bar and Ranch, um, just kind of seeing what we can do to make sure that we've got that local piece uh, with the types of steaks that we're bringing in. Uh, it's our plan to bring the Miyazaki, the good Kobe beef. And so uh, to have everything that that we can hold our own from a steakhouse perspective over that wood-burning grill and uh, put that beast to good use. Now, uh, so if it, so, then what's going to be different about steaks here from the seven other prime steakhouses downtown or in the west side? What's the seasoning different? What's the grilling different? What's so? Um, a lot of it's going to have to do with the marinades and what we do. So, uh, you know, I worked for Abacus in Dallas during its heyday, and uh, I was their grill man for about two years. And, you know, there was really nothing super complicated about what we did there. But we had kind of a house marinade. It's full of aromatics, herbs, garlic, shallots. Um, and whenever you want to go on the Latin side, you your herbs are cilantro, your aromatics are lime or garlic or onion. Um, so I'm envisioning um, all of that. You know, what's great is that uh, I get to work closely with Richard Sandoval and his guys and his crew. And um, and I'm learning so much from him uh, and his people, and as far as how they uh, put together those those phenomenal flavor profiles. So it's very much been a wonderful collaboration. Um, so I'm excited when uh, their team comes in. The way this is going to work is uh, they've got a team of people who's going to come and spend a decent amount of time with us and with my staff and my crew, and we're all going to. Um, we're all going to kind of play in the lab together as far as developing the menu and uh, and playing with all that. But um, Have you been to a Sandoval restaurant? I have. You've been to one in Washington? In fact, last week I was in Miami all week long with uh, Chef Gene Delegado, um, and I absolutely love what they do down there. Um, again, uh, if you look at if you look at that's a Toro Toro. It is a Toro Toro. It's in the Hotel Intercontinental down okay. in Miami. Um, but what I love again about those guys is they're real, real intentional about the restaurant is small plates. So what we noticed diners were doing is they would come and they would order three or four small plates for a four or five top to share. And then they would order one big tomahawk for the middle of the table. And so they were able to kind of carve that. It wasn't necessarily each person getting a big steak. Right. It was it was tasting as many different things to kind of uh, to go on a, on a world tour, if you will, of the, the international flavors that they were doing. And I uh, was very impressed with, with what they were doing. Which that's the pitch now. Get the $70 steak for the table to share and then everybody else have a little. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pasta or something else on this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, so, so what are some of the small plates? Uh, so think of uh, 
you know, in in a lot of South American cuisine, I, I know what we're going to be doing different. Let me just uh, sidebar a little bit. Uh, one thing that I noticed and something that drew me to this project uh, tremendously was each Toro Toro has a very different menu. Mm-hmm. It's not the same menu at every one, and they do a great job. Chef Richard does a great job of uh, finding local talent um, who kind of understands and has a thumb on the pulse of the community and that style of food and gives them freedom. And he's giving me freedom to make changes and kind of put our spin on what we do. Um, so with that being said, there's kind of a Peruvian South American feel that's going to have some ceviches, but not like you see ceviche. Think of some different uh, crudo style, um, you know, sashimi, almost Japanese type sashimis. Uh, with some different uh, kind of Latin American influence. And uh, the one thing that I feel strongly about is, and one of my strengths, is kind of regional, old world Mexican style cuisine. So expect to see a decent amount of that um, as not quite as much South American as you would maybe see at some of the other Toro Toros, um, just with the wonderful Mexican influence we have, the cultural influence we have in North Texas, having some of that old world Mexican incorporated in. In what way? Uh, just ingredient wise to uh, to some of the different dishes. Um, so, you know, what one of the dishes that we've been playing with, and uh, I'm not going to give you too much of a sneak peek here because we're still we're still in the. <laughs> oh well, yeah, well yeah. I mean I looked in, I looked in there, so it's still a little ways away. <laughs> so let, let's let's give you a, a for instance of kind of a style of dish. Um, so Texas bobwhite quail is wonderful, right? Um, it's local. It's something you probably won't see at any of the other toros. Um, but so maybe a duck chorizo um, that we stuff inside the bobwhite quail. Maybe wrap it in bacon, cook it on that wood burning grill, and then serve it with like a corn corn pudding or something, which is something very Texas, very Southern, and then maybe an ancho huckleberry demi-glaze sauce to kind of go along with that. So you get some of that old world Mexican, you get some of that Texas piece as well. So that's something that would be very incorporating of who we are in Fort Worth um, to kind of that style of food as well. What's different in a hotel than this would be if you were operating outside a hotel? As far as the style of food, or yeah, just style all- of food, menu items. I mean, here, you know, uh, you have visitors here from all over the globe. You sure. have to have something for Mediterranean, Middle Eastern visitors. You have to have something for Pacific Rim visitors. I mean, you have, to, you have. I mean, the menu has to be written in a way that everybody from all over the world comes, looks at the menu, and sees something that they see like something that they like. Well, I think being firm in, in our identity and who we are, and being able to say. You know, you've come to a place that we're proud of. You've come to a city that we're proud of, and we want to show you our style of cuisine. We may not be everything to everyone, um, and I think the hotel is does a good job of making sure that they can accommodate that through the banquets and through the hotel itself. But it's very important to understand that um, this is very intentionally an independent style restaurant. Uh, it is our goal to uh, to be a contender as one of the re- best restaurants in Fort Worth. Um, it is not our intention to uh, for people to think of, hey, that restaurant in the hotel, because that's the draw that so many people get with so many hotels. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest reasons why they brought me on board, because I am the epitome of the independent chef restaurateur. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, so as I step into the hotel, um, you know, they've done a great job of saying, hey, being open-minded and saying, we really want to turn this restaurant into something that that is very much an independent feel uh, restaurant. So, being the the restaurant in the hotel was good for many years, and then as restaurants built up, it kind of became an afterthought. I think Marriott had, had 
you know, kind of downplayed it for a while, and I'm glad they're building it back up. Me too. Do you, do you think for people, I always think of big plates, so uh, do you think that for people like the small plate concept? I think because they have a big steak a la carte mm -hmm. section, mm -hmm. I think that is going to be what satisfies the appetite. Mm -hmm. In fact, with the big steak a la carte section, we've got a really great si a section of sides, like at any steakhouse. So if someone wants to come in and eat, like a like a Texan eats, you know, mm -hmm. big steak, big sides. They'll have the ability to do that from an ordering perspective. Okay, um, but they'll also have the ability to try as many different things as they possibly can and kind of go on a, a flavor excursion, if you will. You know? We're talking with Jason Harper, opening at the Toro Toro, opening soon in the Worthington. Jason, I'm sure if you look out those big windows, you see that every day at noontime there's this flood of people from the courthouse walking down to eat lunch. I do see that. Some of them are juries, jurors, judges. Some of them are elected officials but they're walk past every day. What are they going to find for lunch? What's that price point? What are they going to find here? Well, right now we are working very closely on the price point. I don't want to speak too closely to that, but we're going to make sure that we are competitive. We're not going to price ourselves out of the market, um, but it is going to be uh, a little simpler, more approachable uh, view on the dinner menu. Dinner is where we are going to kind of flex our culinary muscles a little bit. Um, lunchtime is going to be, we're going to have sandwiches. We're going to have salads. We're going to have that approachable, um, quick things that we can replicate pretty fast. And I do want to say going back into the nighttime, um, you know, looking at it, and I don't know if you guys saw some of the renderings, but this is going to be a hot happening bar. It's going to be live. It's going to be vibrant. It's going to draw uh, people in. This is going to be a destination spot to where people are going to be like, all right, let's go have a drink at Toro. Uh, there's not going to be there's not going to be any apprehension for that with the tequila lockers. I don't know if you guys saw they just put those up to um, right up against the bar. I mean, it goes up, gosh, like 12 feet, 12, 13 feet. And it's these lockers that have one of those rolling ladders on them like at a library. Mm -hmm. um, so people can buy really, really nice, elegant, uh, different reserve tequilas and they can have them stored in their locker and then they can bring their clients in whenever they want to pull that down to do some sipping on some mm -hmm. uh, tequilas. So really excited about the bar program and excited about that whole feel. Yeah, I've seen that at Capitol Grill. They have those, when you first right. come in, they have those little cages which you go like, hey, I want something in that cage. Right. <laughs> well, this is uh, this is an $8 million model. You know, people have will have very high expectations. Uh, people also ask, and I know you may not have plans yet, but you know, um, and I don't really expect to be open at Thanksgiving. I know they've said it would be open at Thanksgiving, but I'm, first of all, I'm very doubtful of that. And second, even if I could open, I wouldn't open Thanksgiving <laughs> because the crowds would, would not be good for a, for a brand new restaurant. Uh, but I know people are going to ask, are they going to bring back the Worthington holiday tradition in any way? Um, the Omni took over, basically took the holiday business away from the Worthington and now handles all the holiday buffets, holiday meals, and the Worthington just surrendered it all. Um, are, are you going to do any sort of holiday events? Well, we absolutely will be. And we're going to, uh, right now, we're, we're working very diligently on that. But um, I think the word surrender is out of our vocabulary once and for all. And I think the uh, partnership with Richard Sandoval uh, is, is, and all the remodeling and the money that they're putting into this is evidence that uh, we will no longer surrender. So uh, we're coming to take it back. It looks like it's going to be a real... Uh, just a, a, a landmark on Main Street, and it's going to just completely turn around the perception of the Worthington Absolutely. and the attitude toward the Worthington. I think you know, the, the uh, you know, and now the, the all the other traffic in Sundance Square and everything. It's like the Worthington. You know, people see the the, the driveways, and the, that's 
what people see and think of the Worthington is the, the portico share and the, the mm-hmm. driveways, and they don't see anything else. So they don't see anybody inside except people getting out of their cars. And I think having the windows on Main and all the activity and that thrilling-looking interior is going to be a big change. You mentioned your background. and I mean, you have got a lot of smoking background, obviously, <laughs> but, you, but you were at Abacus and you're a trio, and I don't really know kind of what your – what yeah. the rest of your resume is. Sure. Uh, well, before that, I was down in San Antonio for about six years. That's where I got a lot of my chops. I worked for James Beard award-winning chef uh, Bruce Auden at Bega on the Banks uh, down in San Antonio. Which is excellent. That's a great restaurant. Uh, and that was back in early to early 2000s. Um, But um, that was my alma mater, if you were. Uh, Mm -hmm. I didn't go to culinary school. Uh, My family was in the restaurant business. Uh, My whole dad's side of the family is very, uh, they're from New Orleans and Baton Rouge. Uh, So there's, there's that, that, those are my roots, my Cajun roots. Um, And then, uh, you know, I was in the service for a short period. And, uh, but really just, I got the job at Biga when I was 20 years old. And uh, I went to the Chef de Cuisine. And I had told him that I was underqualified, but I uh, lived in an efficiency apartment with one other guy, and I needed to pay the bills, which was about $350 a month. And I said, I would wash dishes and do anything you wanted if I could just have one shot. And uh, he gave me a shot, and uh, I started prepping, and then I worked my way around the kitchen. I was the youngest uh, saucier that they ever had, and I was there for about three years, uh, worked every station, and uh, finally missed my family and wanted to come back home. So I figured I was working at the best restaurant in San Antonio. So I did a little research to see what the best restaurant in Dallas at the time was, and I got a stage with Trey Wilcox at uh, at Abacus, um, and uh, the rest is history as far as going up there. You've never had a restaurant where you have to do room service before. Is that an added Actually, twist? Actually, when I was at uh, Biga, um, this is really funny, a lot of the uh, the Latino guys in the kitchen, they, they didn't really respect me, A, because I was young, pasty-faced kid, but two, I only worked one job. Um, and they were all working two jobs. So really to earn some respect, I picked up a second job so that I was working 80 hours a week with these guys. Uh, so I went and worked at La Mencion del Rio under Chef Scott Cohen yeah. um, at the time. And so I did get a taste of the hotel life and all of that. Um, fortunately, uh, Toro Toro, it's it's very intentional that we will not be, uh, we're not going to be in charge of any room service. So the regular... Out, out of the Toro Toro kitchen. So the reg- regular breakfast lunch operation will handle the room That's service. correct. The, uh, the banquet kitchen and all that will handle that. Now, what we would like to do is let everyone know that Toro's there. And the best way to do that is to possibly create um, just a little offering, maybe yeah. call it Toro Bites or yeah, something have like that. On the menu, so people they see, they can see a couple little easy executed items yeah. just to say, hey, come down and try the rest. So they want to extend their checkout time so they can have lunch in Toro. That's exactly day. right. <laughs> That's kind of the pitch on that. Jason, this is really fantastic. Steve, uh, I know we have a lot of little other food news to talk about. What's have you been out anywhere, seen some good you, – you've been in California having great food. Yeah, yeah, I've been in California. So uh, what's, been going on? what's been going on here? Fish tacos? <laughs> what, what have you had? Uh, actually, uh, actually had Mexican food. Oh, good. Okay. Cal, <laughs> yeah. Calmex. Calmex, yeah. Cal, yeah. Calmex is Yeah, good. it was kind of like uh, there, there was uh, uh, breast cancer awareness uh, month going on, and so the, they had pink uh, tortillas. Okay. So it's a real California kind of thing going on. Made out of pink corn. Right? Yeah, I don't know, but it's like, you know, the chips and the and the tortillas were pink. And we're going like, oh, what's what's going on here? Okay. All right. That's great. So the, the uh, well, I mean, all that's going on here, like Tuesdays now, you know, Blue Mesa continues to develop their buffets. And uh, Blue Mesa now on Tuesdays 
Taco Tuesday in Nebula Mesa now has a taco buffet on Tuesdays. So they have a Tuesday buffet, a Wednesday buffet, and their Saturday and Sunday buffets, and they'll probably have the biggest Thanksgiving turkey buffet in town, uh, except for the, the high-dollar hotels that previously mentioned. But the, uh, you know, so, you know, Blue Mesa now has a Tuesday night buffet. Toasted is open in uh, Crockett Road, Toasted Coffee and Kitchen. Uh, people think, you know, it, Toasted's been teased a lot. People made a lot of fun and said, $7 toast, you know, but, uh, you know, I mean, really it's a full menu. It's a breakfast, lunch, and dinner restaurant. The toast is like the canvas that the, the, the dinner's prepared on and served on. You can have grilled salmon steak, or you can have breakfast toast if you want, and the coffee's great. So Toasted and Crockett Row, it's the first real all-day breakfast, lunch, and dinner settle in and, uh, you know, hook to the Wi-Fi and, you know, have lunch, whatever, a restaurant in Crockett Row that'll draw people. So Toasted is open at Crockett and Norwood. Uh, the work is continuing on Stir right down the street. Stir will be open uh, probably early next year. Uh, we we our last podcast you can go back and listen was on the Mid Cities Greek Food Festival, which uh, wraps up this weekend, and, and you should go to that. Uh, in the Star Telegram Eat Speed column this week, uh, you'll read about Toasted, and you'll read about Amira's in Arlington, which is a little uh, Lebanese and Mediterranean restaurant. It's probably one of the ugliest restaurants, but it's great. <laughs> food and it's a chef who used to work cook who used to work at prince in the uh, the 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 kebabs the chicken kebabs the steak kebabs and you talk about the smell of the grill when you come up to amira i mean i i don't think i've ever come up to a lebanese mediterranean restaurant where you smell the grill from a half block away like at a barbecue place you know just that all the the kebabs are really incredible but it's in the former skillet and grill on division and it's still an old yellow breakfast cafe but the <laughs> The, uh, the 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 Mediterranean plates are great, and the the dinners are huge, and they're ten or twelve dollars, and and uh, the lunches are six or seven dollars, so it's just a good deal. And the other food news in town is that it's chili season now, and I don't think we ever talked about this before, but it's chili season at J and J's Oyster Bar. Yeah, I saw that and and the, on the, your call. The said... chef from Fred's works over there now on Hell, mm-hmm. and he's got this you know very you should the video with the column has him explaining all the different peppers in his chili. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went in to the pepper section of the Supermercado El Rancho and rounded up all the peppers, and he puts them all in the chili. I love that story. It is really, really good. Well, I, I always say the best chili in Fort Worth is in the cultural district. I've always said it's at the Kimball, that the Kimball you know, has the most artistic chili that we put forth in Fort Worth, mm-hmm. and I think J&J's just a block away is mm-hmm. kind of pushing them a little bit now, but it's, did, a, it's, a, it's a good chili town. Did a uh, grocery store open up here recently downtown? Uh, Neighbors House Grocery will open next week, and we're week? recording this, so uh-huh. in the fourth week of October, uh, Neighbors House Grocery will open in the uh, First Tower, which is the old First Bank mm-hmm. across from Burnett Plaza. Uh, if you know where the Briefcase Man statue is on 7th, mm-hmm. there's a new uh, grocery, Neighbors House, that will open with a Roland and Bolin Akai Bowls and Smoothies right. Cafe inside. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have a downtown grocery back again. The people who who have been there like it a lot. And the point about that is, uh, you know, uh, and I want to say this about both downtown and Crockett Row, there's more parking than you think. And if you come to the um, to the grocery, there's plenty of parking on weekends. There's usually parking days. Uh, you the uh, And at Crockett Row for Toasted, uh, people think it's terrible to park at Crockett Row, and they hate Crockett Row, but the parking meters are free until 10. So if you go to Crockett Row and you want to have brunch at Cork and Pig on weekends 
or you want to have brunch at El Bolero, or you want to have breakfast at Toasted, it's it's free parking at 8 or 9. The meters don't start until 10. So there's plenty of parking for both of these restaurants. Neighbor's House, we should have the Neighbor's House folks on a future Eat Speed mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, should. yeah, I think we should. Follow us on the web and on Twitter and on Facebook at Bud Kennedy's Eats. And be sure and hook up for the next Eat Speed podcast. Jason Hopper, thank you for being our guest. I'm going to ask you one more thing. Was it tough to leave Trio? It was very tough. Uh, bittersweet is the best way to describe it. Um, my heart, soul, blood, sweat, and tears, passion, everything was poured into into Trio. Um, but so many things uh, all happened right around the same time that left no doubt that uh, this is the next progression, the next season for me. So uh, um, I gladly step into it. Well, welcome to downtown Fort Worth and welcome to the challenge of making the Worthington seem open to the public and welcoming <laughs> and exciting. And I think we're all excited to see what's going to happen here. Thank you very much well, for having me, you. guys. And, and thank you. Uh, until next time, I'm Bud Kennedy. And Steve Wilson. We'll